Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Welcome back to Shut Up and Ball. I am Aaron, accompanied by Mr. John Harris. Just two dudes here talking football today, as per usual. But this, today we're making our week six picks against the spread. And um, yeah, so just to update you all that have been following our little race because we've been doing it all year. Going into the last week, I was two games ahead of John. After, after week five, the results, I got two games on John. Could have been worse. You can thank Cincy for that. Uh, see, Cincy covered. Um, but anyways, so now I'm four games ahead of John. Nothing he hasn't come back from. I think the first year he came back from a pretty big deficit, too. If I remember, he came close. Regardless, still a lot of time left. So it's not like I have a big cushion. Uh, so, yeah. And FYI, too, I am like, I'm still, I don't I mean, John's probably seen the spreadsheet. But for once again, you all, I'm literally at 500. Like, I'm 40 and 40 and John's 36 and 44. So, and once again, we don't do ties sometimes. So, um, in regards to the spreads, like we mentioned in the previous episode, in case you're all are wondering, all spreads are provided from the lines.com. There they have like literally spreads from like all of the betting sites. So I always try to get the point fives because I am, we're just a two man crew. Once again, we're just two dudes and I am not going to sit here and try to calculate a tie or a push. Uh, that's no fun. Um, but anyways, speaking of fun, this Thursday night game probably won't be. And that's where we will start. Um, it is the Washington Commanders. They are favored by half a point going to the Windy City of Chicago to play the Bears. Um, surprisingly, the Bears have a better record. Um, but once again, like I mentioned, kind of an uninspiring Thursday night game. John, what are your expectations for this one? Oh, this is going to be an ugly one. I... Uh... I don't have high hopes for this. But will being it be most... as bad as last Thursday? Like I don't think it can be as bad as last I, Thursday. I don't think it can be because I have to imagine that one of the teams here scores a touchdown. <laughs> and like just doing that yes. instantly makes it better, whether it's like great football or not. Just putting up points, people will be happy. Because then at least like people who are betting and fantasy players and all that get some sort of excitement out of it. Um, although if you're starting players in this game for fantasy purposes, you're you probably got a rough team out there. Um Unless you got hey, like David well, Montgomery like Terry or McLaurin. like, yeah, he's been rough in fantasy so far though. And um, it has not been a great Terry McLaurin. Yeah, year. I was so excited to get him because like garbage time with Wentz, he's just gonna force it to him, and as as hasn't really been that case. Maybe this is the week though. Uh, regardless, because Justin Jefferson just destroyed them, but we'll see. Um, so the Chicago Bears, I'm gonna pick them to cover here. A large part of this, or sorry, actually no, I'm gonna take. Yeah, I'll take I'll take Chicago. I was about to change my pick live because I, it's basically a pick 'em. But I'm going to take Chicago. Screw yeah. it. I I don't have any feel for this game really. Chicago, the tough part here is they're really bad against the run. Historically, their defense has been good, but they're not good against the run this year. And I but then Washington doesn't have like the greatest stable of running backs like Brian Robinson. I think that this maybe could be a good game for him, but we just haven't seen enough out of him to like truly know. And the Washington offensive line concerns me. I, I don't know. I'm just, I'm going to pick Chicago here just off of maybe the fact that last week it looked like maybe Justin Fields was figuring it out a little bit. And David Montgomery, Khalil Herbert could get something going in the run game. I don't know. I, I'm just kind of throwing a dart at a dartboard here and just seeing where it lands without any true intention of what's going to happen because I, I i don't know that, that's why the line is so close it's literally a coin flip because it's uh, who knows yeah um well one of us will because i am going the other way i'm going with washington commanders um i, I just you're right it is not a great not an easy game to pick 
But basically, I just have more confidence in their offense. I know once I know, especially um, Ron Rivera and everyone. Although Ron, you know, walked back his comment real fast. Wants a dog and Carson Wentz, but let's just be honest. It's it's been the passing game's been better than it was last year with Taylor Heineke, and that's to be expected. Yes, they aren't really winning games, but the defense has been disappointing, and that's I think falls on Mister uh, Jack Del Rio over there. He has not done a great job. Um, I will say last week that the Washington Washington D line played better. I think we we all know that they're talented. I mean, they have three first rounders, you know, on their healthy right now. They played better last week. I think that they'll slow down the Bears' run game, which they seem to just to be leaning on. Because uh, then and that's another reason why I'm picking against Chicago. It just until they uh, take Justin Fields off his, you know, unleash Justin Fields or just let him play. I don't have any comments. I mean, he still only threw 21 times last last week, and they were behind for most of that game. I don't know. I don't know what's going on there. But, uh, yeah, basically, I just have more confidence in Washington, especially their passing game. Uh, we saw, you know, hopefully my guy, Dami Brown, can follow up uh, his great performance last week. Another good one. Mission Terry McLaurin and Carson Wentz really haven't been uh, clicking as uh, some of us expected them to. Uh, so hopefully, you know, they figure that out. And I, th- they already gave Brian Robinson a lot of work last week. That was I was very surprised to see. I think they gave him like 20, not 20, but a double-digit carries. So, uh, touches, even though the nine t- carries touches, which but that led the Excuse that me. led the running back room in carries. I think he had like over fifty percent of the carries as a as a unit, and they were behind like all game too. So, um, you know, game game flow didn't really go his way either. But um, I'm not gonna sit here and say I'm not saying that he's gonna run all over the place. I still think Washington's the offensive line isn't great, but. I mean, the Bears isn't really inspiring either. So uh, in a battle of the lesser teams, I'm I'm, I'm going with just uh, I'm just going with the team. I, I'm more confident offensively on Thursday. But the Thursday night game, as we all saw last week, anything good or bad can happen really on Thursdays. So, um, yeah, first difference of the week right there on Thursday night. Uh, I'm not doing injuries, by the way, just because. I mean, we can mention some key ones, but it's uh, blame ESPN. Anyways, now we go to the Sunday games. No London game this week, so you don't have to wake up at 8 a.m. to set your lineup or like me if you want to watch your team lose um, and then ruin the rest of your day. Uh, But now we go to a quote unquote revenge game here going to San Francisco. Sorry, going to Atlanta where the San Francisco 49ers, they're favored by five and a half points. Uh, against the Falcons, once again, at Atlanta, the quote-unquote Kyle Shanahan revenge game, even though he's probably already played Atlanta since he left. Um, But yeah, John, what are your thoughts here? Do you think the Cover Kings in Atlanta continue their hot streak? I'm going with Atlanta here for the only sole fact of the fact they're the Cover Kings. That is it. I'm riding the hot streak until they fail me, despite the fact that I only jumped onto this bandwagon last week. It was looking like they were going to break it the moment I jumped on last week, and then at the very end of that game, fourth quarter, they outscored the Bucks 15 straight, uh, 15 to zero, and uh, they almost came back and won if it wasn't for that, you know, controversial call. So um, I'm going to take Atlanta for the sole fact that they are the cover kings. There is literally no other analysis behind that, and I'm okay with it. All right, well, I'm getting off the Cover King train. I wrote it last week, too, and, yeah, that was scary. Um, I'm going with San Francisco here. I just, I think we have kind of saw last week they could really beat up on the Panthers, and I think the Panthers and Falcons are kind of in that same boat talent-wise, especially offensively. Um, yeah, I mean, I mentioned it before. I don't mean to dog on Mariota, just – not a consistent enough thrower and you're gonna he's and he's gonna have to make some throws against this very good san francisco front seven even if they are missing nick bosa they've shown that they still have other guys you know armstead javon kinlaw other pieces to make up for if he is not 100 or is out this game because i know he's dealing with an injury um and uh, yeah i mean i expect the san francisco offense to be its usual thing kyle shanahan finds the ways to run the ball efficiently and then you know some play action off of that um and yeah just Atlanta doesn't have much talent so i am going against the cover kings we'll see if their streak continues uh but i believe we both expect san fran to win this one um 
would you pick and is this would you say this would be one of yours because i'm an eliminator or survivor pool i don't know what the correct phrase is i thought about picking this game but i didn't i didn't pick the falcons also because i already used the falcons i found out but um, uh would, i don't know i actually don't even know what an eliminator thing is sorry it's like those ones where like you pick a team to lose each week and then like uh-huh. once you pick that team you can't pick that team again if you survive if gotcha. you're right so you're basically saying, do I think they're going to lose? I would feel yeah, pretty, like, pretty, are confident. You pretty confident. I would feel pretty confident okay. because from what I've... This, here, here's the thing, too. So I saw this thing, and it was a fantasy football tweet, but it does kind of relate to real life and the fact that oftentimes when teams play against zone coverage, which the Niners are one of the most zone-heavy teams, you're going to get a lot more plays to the running backs and tight ends. And we've already just seen that, like they're like uh, they don't have Cordell Patterson out there, so I don't really trust Algier and those kind of guys to make big plays. And Pitts is coming off an injury, so he might be limited. But they were already limiting snaps anyway. So like, even Drake London in the limited games he's played so far against man coverage, his uh, target share is way higher. So I just think just inherently them running zone is going to force Atlanta to either use Kyle Pitts or suffer. And I think even if they use Kyle Pitts, I don't think their defense is going to stop the Niners. So, yeah. Just curious because, yeah, if there were an option, it was them and another team, which I'll mention later. Um, Anyways, second disagreement on the board there between John and myself. Now we head to the Northeast uh, where the Cleveland Browns, they are at home. I'm guessing we're going to see that weird elf on the field again. Or is that a one-time thing? I'm not sure. Honestly, don't care. Regardless, they're playing the New England Patriots. Browns are favored by two and a half against New England, surprisingly. Maybe that's probably just the home field advantage there. Uh, So, John, who do you have here between the Browns and the Patriots? By the way, Bailey Zappi will be starting this game, I think they said. Pretty confident. Yeah, I'm going to go with the Patriots here. We just saw what they are able to do to the Detroit Lions, and I don't think that the Browns' offense is... I think they have a much safer floor than Detroit does. Like Detroit was riding this high the first couple of weeks. And I don't think that Cleveland is going to get shut out by any means. But I do think that if I just think that this is a game where like if anyone's going to get Jacoby Brissett to make a couple mistakes, it's going to be Bill Belichick. We saw that he was able to do a lot against Jared Goff last week. And so on the times they do pass, I don't know. I just... I like New England's defense here. I like Ramondre Stevenson in this game. Cleveland's run defense has kind of been suspect. We just saw Austin Eckler have a big game against them. So, yeah, I'm, I'm going to take the Patriots here just because I do think that Cleveland's weaknesses are going to make life a little bit easier for Bailey Zappi, you zap, have you pronounce his last name, uh, and that offense. And then I think that New England's got the defensive advantage. Yeah, I don't have much else to add on that because I am also going New England, um, like you already alluded to. I mean, this offense, even with with Mac Jones, yeah, I think they've kind of answered the early skepticism. You know, it, it's not a bad offense as we've seen, and they do have a good a good run game, like you mentioned. And yeah, I, I just think that the Browns have issues uh, defending against that. They are a simplistic defense and not very big defensive line either way. I mean, they got put like you said, they got pushed around by the Chargers last week. Patriots, much better run team and much more physical of a run team as well. And especially if it there is some for some reason poor weather or such. I mean that that advantage New England. And on the flip side, New England's defense, I think they're I mean, they seem to be one of the better run defenses in the league. So I think they'll definitely be able to slow down that run game. And I'm sure they'll be all over the pass game that you know, the very simplistic uh, Cleveland pass game there anyway and Jacoby Brissett came from from New England so I'm sure they know you know some of his abilities what he can and can't do you know some of the some of the throws that he can make and can't make so they'll probably make life tough for him like you had mentioned so uh, we both go New England there first agreement of the day for us uh, now we head back over to my game my Green Bay Packers they're actually at home this time at Lambeau uh, they are favored by seven and a half, hosting Zach Wilson in the New York Jets. Um, yeah, John, who do you have here? Are you riding with Zach Wilson or going with my Packers? This is actually less about Zach Wilson and more about Brees Hall. I'm riding with the Jets here. I think that Brees Hall is going to continue his hot streak, have a big game. The Packers run defense isn't like 
terrifying like maybe it used to be like Saquon for the most part was held in check last week but he did get a big play and I think that Brees Hall has been a big play machine so far and also just I I think I've taken green I took Green Bay last week on a big spread they didn't cover and I took them the week before against New England they didn't cover I'm I'm just not going to risk it again and of course Knowing my luck, this is going to be the week they do. But uh, the the seven and a half feels a little bit big. If it was like maybe six and a half, then I might feel a little more comfortable. But just considering the back to back weeks I've taken them against the spread on spreads that were bigger than a touchdown, I'm not doing it a third time. Fool me once, shame on me. Fool me once, can't get fooled again, as George Bush once said. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, I'm going to Jets also, and, and yes, I am invoking the pod curse last jinx but i think also it's we've seen like green bay only game i think we really kind of quote beat up on somebody was the bears and i think we all see how you know and that game could have been closer too if if you know they ruled uh justin fields as a touchdown i think that would have covered that spread anyway um i think we've seen i have major concerns for the offense i know this isn't a shouldn't be a shocker but just no real explosive plays like especially deep down the field, and I mean, there are a few times when you know Rodgers has gotten the ball to, you know, to someone five ten yards down the field, and, and then you know they maybe break a tackle or two or find a seam. But uh, I'm not sure if it's you know Rodgers not not being aggressive, or it's you know the floor play design, or just not trusting the receivers and not having the people to rely on uh, dependably to to run those medium to deep routes. Yeah, there's just it's just too much reliant on the run game. A few game plan specific plays. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Like I've said, usually we come out to a good start. And then second half, it's like, okay, now we just have to hold on. And the Jets have been pretty good in regards to making adjustments. And like you already alluded to, I mean, you mentioned Brees Hall, but they have really good receivers. And for some reason we've been <laughs> Joe Barry has been real conservative kind of playing a bendle break defense and I just think if you do that against the Jets and Zach Wilson that they'll eventually start making plays especially with you know Garrett Wilson Elijah Moore like all their they have some pretty good playmakers there and their defense isn't bad either so I expect their defense to hold their own and give uh Rodgers and the gang troubles I mean Sala came from San Francisco San Francisco, you know, when Salah was there too, they gave Rodgers issues in this offense, and that was when he had Devontae Adams. And, you know, probably you could say a better O-line overall than now no Devontae Adams. O-line, you know, isn't as great. Bakhtiari's still finding his way back. Same with Elton Jenkins. I just I hate to be a skeptic Packer fan, but that's what it is. And I, I'm not even confident. I'm not even confident we can win this game. still 50-50 objectively, but... It's it's one where I'm glad we have the points. So I'm going Jets. I just don't foresee Green Bay winning if they do win by more than seven. So uh, we will see if we're right there or and if the pod jinx for me carries on. Uh, but keeping it uh, or going to the AFC South, excuse me, the ever so fun AFC South. We have the Indianapolis Colts at Indianapolis, and surprisingly, they are favored by two and a half, hosting the Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, <laughs> so, John, in this exciting AFC South matchup, who do you have between these two? I mean, obviously, this game happened like not even that long ago. A month ago was what, week one, when they first matched up. This time, luckily for the Colts, I guess it's not in Jacksonville. I don't know their record when they play the Jags in Indianapolis. I assume it's got to be like they're splitting most of those years where they lost to them uh, because of how bad Jacksonville was. But I'm still going to go with Jacksonville here. This The status of Jonathan Taylor, I think, is still up in the air, questionable. Um, I don't know the status of Naheem Hines. I just haven't seen enough from that offensive line for me to think that they're just going to turn it around in one week. Now, they're absolutely talented enough to do so, but something is just off over there. Matt Ryan has not been super inspiring. We saw when they first played, 
you know, I know that like a lot of people too are going to want to say, well, that was because they're playing in Jacksonville and they're going to bring up the history. But if you actually like looked into that game, it, it, there was a lot more to it. Like when we first watched that game, the Jacks defensive line was doing really well. They controlled the pace of play. They were in the backfield a ton against Matt Ryan. Jonathan Taylor didn't get anything going. Like Jacksonville looks very good in that game. And actually, sorry, that was week two. But and regardless, Trevor Lawrence in that offense was able to move the ball pretty effectively. I'm pretty sure Christian Kirk had a big game. So I don't know. I'm, I'm taking Jacksonville here. I just I know that Jacksonville has kind of faltered the last couple of weeks and losing to Houston is not the greatest of looks, but I think that might be a wake up call for them. They're going to rebound a little bit here. It's a team that they're familiar with. They've already beaten them once. So now you just got to kind of get back to your basics and do it again. Um, and for the Colts, I just I got to see more. I got to see more. I mean, I, I beat the Chiefs, and that was great. But that game against the Broncos, I think that if they're playing almost any t- other team in the NFL in that game, they probably lose because the Broncos just didn't do anything offensively. And most other teams would probably at least be able to get a touchdown. I am right with you. I'm going Jacksonville. The fact that Indianapolis is favored is very surprising to me, um, but maybe because they're the home team. And like you mentioned, because Jacksonville's kind of fallen from grace, lost to the Eagles, then lost last week to the Texans. Um, I mean, but I will say Jacksonville's defense has been, uh, amidst the two losses, their defense has done their job. They've done a really good job of, you know, I mean, last week held the Texans down to 13 points. That's that's all you can really ask, especially with all the turnovers or some of the turnovers and mistakes that the offense made. Um, so I'm confident in their defense that they'll probably get after Matt Ryan plenty and create some issues and turnovers there. Um, and the offense, you know, we, we know the offense has some playmakers. Trevor Lawrence has gone through a little bit of growing pains the last two weeks. But um, I mean, I, I'm confident that he can get it corrected here, especially if, you know, if it's another game without Shaquille Leonard for the Colts. Um and I expect Jacksonville to have answers, like we mentioned earlier. Like you mentioned, week two they had all the answers, and I expect for them to kind of carry that formula on, especially with uh, no Jonathan Taylor on the other side. Because then the Colts, I mean, only difference makers they really have are, you know, Pittman and I would say Alec Pierce, who's been playing really well recently. But once, I mean, those are kind of far and few between when Matt Ryan's getting sacked in between every other pass play. So. um we are both going Jacksonville there to, to not only probably cover, but win, I'm guessing. Uh, so that'll be an interesting one. See if the Colts can, hey, may, maybe the Colts just need an ugly win and they you know start reach, reaching the potential we believed that they could at the, at the beginning of the season. Uh, but John and I are not thinking that, at least this week. Uh, but now we head over to uh, Florida where the Minnesota Vikings, they are favored by three and a half going to the Miami Dolphins. Uh, if I remember correctly, I think they've already ruled Tua out of this game. Uh, I think Teddy's probably doubtful. It's looking like it's going to be uh, their third stringer. Well, I'm already forgetting his name. My Skyler apologies. Thompson. It was a cool name. I remember that. I was just thinking, I was like, it's, it's a kind of cool name, but I just don't remember. Um, so, yeah, Skyler Thompson making his first official start here after being thrusted in last week. Um, and obviously Minnesota off that big win against the Bears. Who do you have here, John, between these teams? I'm going with Minnesota. I I think that Skylar Thompson in preseason showed some pretty cool stuff, but that was preseason last week. And it's a little unfair because, you know, I don't I I heard something from Teddy Bridgewater actually, which is funny. That was it was him, but he was talking about like his first game when he was with the Saints and he became the starting QB during Breeze being out and he was like I, I did not feel prepared when I had to go into that game. And he was like, I never want to let myself feel like that again. So like he would go in and, and he's prepared. And I think Skylar Thompson will be prepared here, but I still just don't trust what I've seen out of him so far to think that him and those receivers, which also like Tyreek Hill's banged up. Apparently he's in a walking boot after last week's game. Uh, so I, I just don't trust him in that offense essentially to be able to move the ball effectively enough to keep up with what has looked like a really good Minnesota offense recently. Like we've talked about, they're quietly four and one. Justin Jefferson is killing it. Uh, he had a couple like down weeks, but back to killing it last week. Uh, Dalvin cook is obviously doing well. Madison's contributing. So yeah, the doing well and, and Kirk cousins. I mean, he's, he's been better than expected. So I'm going to take Minnesota here just because of the Skylar Thompson factor. We'll say, although 
it won't really affect my pick. Uh, Tyreek logged a full practice today. Today as a Wednesday when we're recording. So it's looking like he'll be playing. Uh, but I am also going Minnesota. I mean, uh, you already had the Skylar Thompson factor. I don't think... I know last week they ran the ball with some success, but they're also, you know, they got behind at some point. And I just don't think Minnesota, their strength is is their front seven. Uh, so I think they'll slow down the run game. And then, uh, yeah, I, I'm not sure Skylar Thompson can be consistent enough in the passing game. Although, you know, we, we, we do know that uh, McDaniels is very good at getting these, his guy, his, these receivers in some advantage advantageous situations even in the short passes kind of like he did with Tua um, but I'm just not confident that Skyler won't make a mistake or something of that sort um, and then yeah Minnesota offense has been pretty good as of recently and the Miami defense while I do respect it and I think it is very talented they just tend to be too aggressive and especially against uh, Justin Jefferson Adam Thielen, like you mentioned all these weapons I just feel like they're they're going to be over aggressive at points, especially if their offense is struggling, and then boom, they get hit with a Justin Jefferson bomb or you know Adam Thielen long play or maybe Dalvin Cook you know finds a lane. There's just uh, and yeah, like you mentioned, Kirk Cousins has been very solid uh, thus far. You know hasn't been killing them, and he's been making all the throws he needs to make. I mean, post chain Kirk Cousins maybe a real thing here. We'll see, but um. Regardless, I think I'm with you. I think Minnesota takes care of business here and wins uh, against Miami and covers, of course. Um, so, <clears throat> and yeah, I'm just not confident that Miami defense can save the day. So that is that one. Now we go uh, staying at the, in the Gulf Coast, going to New Orleans where the Cincinnati Bengals, they're favored by one and a half, going to the New Orleans Saints, the Andy Dalton revenge game. Um, so, because he's will probably will be starting for New Orleans. John, who do you have here between the Bengals and Saints? I'm going to go with the Bengals. Um, the Bengals' defense, I think, has impressed me for the most part so far. Also, the Saints are dealing with some injuries. I think Michael Thomas should be able to go because I'm pretty sure he turned to practice, but like Alave is dealing with that concussion. And so they're just, they got some questionable pieces on the offensive side. And so I'm going to go with Cincinnati here. I the one thing that worries me is the Zach Taylor effect. I mean, you even you know we've we've been looking at the the charts, the route trees, and I know Chris Sims just took a deep dive into that, comparing Jamar Chase's route tree to a lot of other elite receivers, and it's just very basic. And so that part does worry me. But I think that if Geno Smith and the Seattle offense was able to get into a shootout, I'm hoping that even if the offense is a little more basic, the talent of Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase will be able to put them over the top. That's what I'm hoping. I might I might look like an idiot after this game. Uh, and I really hope that Zach Taylor doesn't do me dirty because that's, that's really the only thing I'm worried about. Well, here goes our another disagreement. I'm, I'm going to New Orleans here. Um... On offense, I know the offense has been perfect. They've been dealing with a lot of injuries. Um, although Michael Thomas didn't take part in practice today still, so who knows if he'll be there. But regardless, especially if he's out and Alave's out, last week, Taysom Hill was finally unleashed, and I wouldn't be shocked if they use him in all the sort of Swiss Army knife ways again this week, uh, especially against Cincinnati. Uh, and I'm, I'm not sure, like, how do you game plan against that when, you know, some, some of these things you haven't really seen, there's not much to go off of. Cincinnati um so I expect to lean that they'll be able to lean on him and Camara probably play a more conservative game uh, hopefully they get one of the receivers back though because it will be scary I'm not sure what they'll do passing game wise um but on the other side I just think the Saints front four they'll be able to get to Burrow a little bit better than the Ravens did especially just sending four I know they had went in that shootout with Seattle last week uh I would expect them to be a little bit better. This is a very talented defense. And I think we, I there certainly expect this defense to be, be to play better than it has recently. And you know maybe they're going through some things. And you know, they do have some new, a bunch of new safeties. And you know Tyron Matthew has not been very good uh, thus far. And you know we all know Marshawn Lattimore can be iffy, but maybe maybe someone tells him that hey, like you know maybe he looks kind of like Mike Mike Evans <laughs> go ball out against uh, Jamar Chase. I don't know, but. I think they do match up well, you know, him and Adebo against uh, Chase and Higgins. I'm sure they'll take their turns there. Um, but, yeah, you hit the main point. I just think, too, that Dennis Allen and this defense will be all over the 
very simplistic Cincinnati offense. So unless Cincinnati, you know, maybe looks looks upon themselves and makes those adjustments, more pre-sap motion and a few diff- a few more creative formations, like actually getting the receivers in bunches and maybe getting Jamar Chase to run something other than a slant or a go, um, you know, might open things up. I'm just not confident it'll be this week. Uh, so I'm going to New Orleans, especially at home. I think that they'll... Uh, I, I I mean, basically at 1.5, at a 1.5 point spread, I'm thinking that they're going to win. So I think they pull off the, up the upset here and uh, win as the home dog. So, uh, yeah, that is the Dalton revenge game, potentially, between the Bengals and Saints. Now we head over to New York where the uh, Giants are hosting the Baltimore Ravens. The Ravens are favored by five and a half against the Giants. It's the, uh, once again, we're talking revenge games, Wink Martindale, you know, his former Ravens DC playing his old team this week. Uh, so we recently praised Wink and um, why am I blanking on the head coach's name? Uh, Brian Dayball in the last pod. Who are you rolling with? You rolling with Dayball and him or John Harbaugh and Lamar? I'm rolling with John Harbaugh and Lamar. I think that Harbaugh is going to know a lot of what Wink's going to do. Lamar's been practicing against this defense that Wink has employed his entire career. And obviously, Wink's going to be aware of that. But honestly, there's been a lot of times that Wink has been aware of things and he hasn't made adjustments. And I'm kind of banking on that, staying the same. I remember him making the comment about Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase and saying that, like, they ain't Hall of Famers yet. I don't see him wearing the gold jacket yet or something like that. And that was his rationale for not adjusting in the second game after he got torched twice. So, yeah, I'm I'm going to take Baltimore here. It might also be because I, I'm i not the biggest believer in the Giants. Like, yeah, they're 4-1, but I don't know. Maybe it's because I'm biased and I'm a Cowboys fan, but I just don't think they're an actual 4-1 team in terms of talent and skill. So I think the Baltimore is a better team than them. Uh, I do think that Brian Dayball is a, a great coach, but I think that Harbaugh is a great coach too. And I think that the the Ravens are just a very unique type of team in which you can game plan for a lot of you can game plan for most of the NFL and none of them are going to be like Baltimore because Lamar is just such a different type of player that it just changes things. So, yeah. Lucky Land Casino asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky in line at the deli, I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. All right. Well, I'm going with the Giants here. I think Baltimore probably still wins, but. I think the Giants, they are great at mucking these at mucking games up. That's kind of their style. Play, can't play ball control. You know, that's what their offense is, is there's one first down at a time. That's how they kind of killed us in the second half. They just ate up time of possession and then our offense got out of sync. Um, so, yeah, credit to Dayball and them. They find ways to just continue moving the ball on that side. Uh, and on the flip side, uh, Obviously, Lamar is amazing, and that's what does scare me about picking the Giants. Is you know, I, th- I think Lamar can make a, have a lot of opportunities to make plays this week, um, but I expect Wink Martindale, like he's mentioned or kind of alluded to, I'm, I'm sure he'll he'll have some uh, tricks up his sleeve for Lamar, and as I'm sure the Ravens will. And I'm just kind of banking on the fact that I'm sure Wink will have a few things that he knows that, you know, okay, well, Lamar doesn't like when, you know, won't throw this area or doesn't look, you know, towards this if we do this. So I'm sure we'll have some tricks up in the bag for that. And also just, I know it was against the bang the Bengals are a good offense or talented offense at least, but I expect the Giants to have some success moving the ball. 
Um, they aren't as reliant on the big play as you know the, the the Bengals are, and like we already mentioned, I mean, they were they're doing better with their receivers, making maximizing their potential better than what the Bengals have been doing thus far. So I expect uh, for them to get their guys open in different ways, uh, even if it's still Darius Slayton and Davis Sills the the fifth out there. Um, I think we've seen that this Baltimore secondary has been spotty. I know last week, once again, last Sunday had a great, good performance, but probably because Cincinnati is just so simplistic. So it was like, okay, we don't, you know, they're all over their route routes probably. So, uh, another difference for John and I, we'll see who is correct there. Uh, but speaking of <laughs> eliminator picks, this next game is should be pretty cut and dry. And that is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They are favored by eight and a half going to Pittsburgh. I'd already picked Pittsburgh in my eliminator pool, to t- <laughs> so I can't, I couldn't pick them again. But if you haven't, this is definitely the week to do so. Um, but anyways, uh, John, do you have any extra analysis in regards to this game? Because I assume I know where you're going. No, don't really have anything special. Tampa's going to win here. Uh, the offensive line issues, Tampa's defensive line, they're just going to crush them. The, the linebackers are going to have success here. You're going against a rookie quarterback. Todd Bowles is a very experienced, Super Bowl-winning defensive coordinator, defensive play caller. So I think that him calling the plays, he's going to know what to do against Kenny Pickett and that team. And, yeah, it's just we've already seen Pittsburgh has struggled to get any sort of semblance of a run game going with Najee Harris. It's not going to change this week. It's going to be tough sledding the whole time. So, yeah, I, and also without without T.J. Watt, I just don't think they're going to be able to get enough pressure on Brady to really make him uncomfortable. So, yeah, pretty pretty cut and dry Tampa Bay. Yep, I'm going Tampa also, like you mentioned. I mean, this if not one, the worst offensive line, one of the worst definitely down there in that bottom of the barrel. And, yeah, when you're, if you're facing Todd Bowles and his crazy blitzes, good luck. And then, yeah, you already mentioned Kenny Pickett. This is not a recipe for success for the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers. So, yeah, especially after they burned me last week. I'm not sure how you feel bad. Especially after they burned me a bit last week and curb stomp by Buffalo. I expect Tampa Bay, probably not a 35-3 to fashion, but I'm going to be shocked if it's like a 28-6 to type deal where this game's going to be over by halftime. Uh, so, sorry to my Pittsburgh friends that are, you know, friends that are Steelers fans, but I'm sure... You, you shouldn't be shocked at this prediction slash analysis. If you are, then I can't help you. No one can. Um, anyway, speaking of uh, another blowout game, potentially Vegas fills this way for this one. And that is the LA Rams at LA at that beautiful SoFi stadium. They are favored by 10 and a half hosting the Carolina Panthers with Steve Wilkes as interim head coach. Uh, so John, you feel like this is a get right game for LA or you think that the card or the Cardinals, the uh, the Panthers ride that interim head coach energy? I feel like this spread is really big and it's a trap game for the Rams because everything would indicate that the Panthers should get crushed. They just lost their head coach, right? And that's what I thought last year when my Baylor Bears played TCU. Baylor was the far superior team. TCU just fired their long, long time head coach in Gary Patterson. And then TCU came out and won the game. I think that Carolina's just gonna get crazy. They got nothing to lose at this point. Like you don't you don't have a head coach. Current guy, Steve Wilkes, has been a head coach for and it didn't pan out. So now he's all of a sudden an interim guy. I think they're just gonna throw some crazy stuff out there and try and make things happen. Yeah, you're without Baker Mayfield and honestly I do think that I didn't say this in our recap but it really sucks Matt Corral's out right now because I think this would be a really good moment to just like throw him out there as a rookie quarterback and see what you got in him Um, so it sucks that he's not going to be out there to potentially you know play for Carolina the rest of the year but I'm going to take Carolina still to cover here just because it feels a little too big for a Rams team that as I mentioned last time has scored less points than the Chicago Bears. And I think that like Brian Burns and Derek Brown and some of the guys they have in that front seven are good enough to wreak some havoc and cause the Rams some issues, at least in terms of scoring the ball. Even like J.C. Horn is one of the highest graded corners in the NFL through five games so far. He's been really impressive. So I'm going to take the Panthers to cover. I don't think they'll win, but I do think they'll cover. All right, well, I'm going the other way. I think this is a get-right game for the Rams. Um, you, you mentioned the fact that uh, their Carolina D.C. also left with uh, Matt Rule. I can't believe I almost forgot his name. Um, and I think that will affect the defense also. 
I still have no confidence in the Carolina offense and Ben McAdoo with PJ Walker. I don't know if it's a PJ. He's a great story and he's a great backup, but um, I think especially probably not now they're probably Rams are probably the head coaching staffs probably telling the defense. It's probably going to be on y'all the success of our team going forward uh, to start making some turnovers, start making plays. Um, and I expect this is a perfect opportunity to do so. You know, a very poor offensive line, Aaron Donald and Leonard Floyd hopefully should wreak some havoc. And then they already have trouble getting the ball to DJ Moore. So I don't, you know, even if, especially if Jalen Ramsey's probably being on him at times, that's going to be tougher. Um, for the Rams offense, I, I still one of the worst offensive lines, but I just expect this to be kind of like a maybe a get right game. You know, maybe they can find ways to at least run the ball efficiently. I'm not saying like you're gonna be gashing them, but a little more efficiently, and then you know maybe they can find a rhythm uh, in the passing game off that. This is just end of day. This is just the perfect like get right situation. You have a team that just lost fired their head coach and you know DC left. This is the time for the Rams, if there is any, to right the ship a bit. And uh, in a way, remind you know, remind everyone, hey, we're the champs. We still have Tan. You know, we still have Aaron Darrell, still have Matt Stafford, still have Cooper Cup, and uh, you know, we're still pretty good. This is like a, and you're at home, so it's just the perfect time to make make a statement right back and get some confidence back for them. So, I'm not amazing analysis, but that's what I'm baking on. Although I am always scared of that interim head coach energy and uh, the fact that Steve Wilkes was the Arizona. Head- Cardinals head coach for that I think it was like one year so has a little bit of experience dealing with the Rams uh, so that could easily factor in but uh, I am going LA John's going Carolina it is a 10 half point spread so understandable there um, but now we move speaking of the Rams division in Arizona that's where we're going is to the Cardinals they are favored by two and a half and they're traveling to Seattle to face this red hot Seahawks and Geno Smith John, this is a very interesting game, <laughs> surprisingly, in this battle of the birds. Who do you have here? Well, I, I I went back to look at some history on this one, and Cliff Kingsbury has historically had some good success against Seattle. Um, I mean, they weren't, like, massive. It wasn't, like, the uh, like Shanahan versus McVay type of stuff. But the... Uh, yeah, anyway, he's, he's had some success. So I'm going to go with the Cardinals here. I just think that Seattle at some point is going to have to have their Detroit game where like last week Detroit came back down to earth. And I'm not saying the Cardinals defense is, you know, like Bill Belichick's defense by any means. But I do think that they they had a really good game plan last week against Jalen Hurts. And I think that they can do the same thing against Geno Smith here. Obviously, they're not like comparable quarterbacks, but for the most part... I think that like we just saw what Vance Joseph did. He was and he also he didn't even have like the greatest of games. Like there was some plays that I was watching back after that, and like they could have coached far better defensively just in terms of play calling. Um, but he was still able to keep it close. So I'm gonna say that Arizona takes the win here against Seattle. Also, actually, just to correct myself, so this is actually against my point. Apparently, Cliff Kingsbury, I think, is not. He's a two and three, three and three, um, maybe two and four. I looked up Kyler's record. Kyler's two and three, and Kyler has been there the entire time. Cliff's there, but I think Kyler maybe missed a game. So that actually hurts my point, but just wanted to clarify that. <laughs> well, that helps me because I'm going Seattle. If I'm being 100% honest, I really don't have a great feel like for either of these teams. Like, I. We know that Seattle, yes, they've been putting up points, but like they're not like an elite offense. But they do have, you know, some playmakers and uh obviously Geno's been really good, but mostly in Tyler Lockett and DK. And I do expect um Kenneth Walker to keep the run game going. We already saw he you know, had some explosive plays last week. Um I'm worried about Seattle defense though, because we know that they're one of the bottom of the barrel defenses, and although we've done our fair share of criticism of Cliff Kingberry's offense like Arizona does have some playmakers of their own and Kyler himself is always a factor just because you got to run around and chase that guy. And then, you know, that makes you probably run more simple coverages on the back end, makes things a little bit easier, but I, I, I but I'm just rolling with Gino in the hot hand at home. Um, I just think 
especially I imagine they might have some answers for Van Joseph's defense. You know, he, I feel like Van Joseph will probably have to be ultra aggressive, especially late in the game. And especially with these playmakers, it's just one mistake. And if Gino can get the ball to them, which he's done so for the most part, I think they can make Arizona pay. So uh, essentially, I'm kind of just leaning towards Seattle also because of home field advantage. I expect that to be a factor here, too, uh, with their crowd, especially since they're not they're what like like two and three, three and two or whatever. They're not terrible, terrible. So I still expect the, the crowd to be a huge factor for them, uh, at least right now. We'll see as time goes on this year. But um, at least right now, yeah, I think that will help them out on the defensive end, even though they don't have much on defense. So uh, another disagreement for John and myself. But now we go to probably will be will be the game of the weekend. And it is the Buffalo Bills in a rematch against the Kansas City Chiefs, the AFC championship rematch. Except for the Chiefs, no Tyreek Hill. This is the first time. I think Adam Schefter is the one that uh, – tweeted this but uh first time Mahomes has been a home underdog in his career so john and our modern and our 2020s brady versus manning type showdown here between these two who are you going with i am going with the kansas city chiefs and patrick mahomes the large reason why has been the red zone efficiency is like utterly historic right now like they're putting up crazy numbers in the red zone and so i think that they're going to be really efficient when they get their opportunities here and there's just been some times that because of buffalo and their lack of a like a true run game like yeah josh allen can do it but then he's putting his body on the line and it, it just gets really complicated when that kind of stuff has to happen so I think that they might not be as efficient. And that's that's kind of what we're having to pick here. Like this is such a close game that we're going to have to nitpick and look at the crazy tiny margins. And so I am I'm going to go with the uh, the Kansas City Chiefs here. But I, I really don't feel good about it. Like this is a game that if I'm if you're a better out there listening to this, I, I wouldn't touch this game because it could go any possible way. I, I could see a, a reality in which both teams blow each other out. And I could see a reality in which this is like an all-time classic game, and it's it you have no idea who wins. So like that, they're just both that good of teams. Could also see the reality where it's not a high-scoring game, but still close. Like I think we, we had that in that COVID year when these two teams played. It was like it turned out to be a like a very defensive type game. Uh, I just want to confirm, but I did I did mention the spread for this one, right? Uh, if not, it's Buffalo favored by two and a half against Kansas City. Right. In case I didn't, I, I know um, you said they're the underdogs, but I don't know if you said it anyway. Sorry, if I didn't say the spread, there's a spread. John's going Kansas City to, I guess, regardless cover, but uh, maybe win. Yeah. Uh, I'm going, I'm going Buffalo. Um, their offense gives me more um, confidence. They've been clicking on all cylinders pretty much most of the year, um, and their defense has gotten better up front with the addition of Von Miller and you know the other guys like Gregory Rousseau have progressed and have been better uh, this year. Um, and then also I think their defense now that they only have really have to worry about taking away Travis Kelsey and I, I don't foresee Kelsey having four touchdowns against the bills. They definitely, that will be a focal point is to take him away and make Mahomes look elsewhere. I'm just not confident that the chiefs offense will be able to move the ball or just have enough explosive plays. Otherwise, if they take, if they limit Kelsey, um, and then obviously, like I mentioned, the Buffalo offense is clicking Josh Allen, uh, is balling and we saw Gabriel Davis. He's looking good too. So he, it's good to see that he's healthy. They may get back Isaiah McKenzie this game. If not, we saw Khalil uh, Shakir. He, he played really well last week in his uh, filling in. So uh, in regardless too, I think, I think Buffalo is probably, you know, they're the team that lost that AFC championships. I feel like they might be a little more hungrier to come out and make a statement and uh, show that they're the kings of the AFC. Even though they kind of did that last year, uh, they still didn't end up as the one seed and, you know, they still lost. But um, uh, I'm sure they want to get over this hump, this hurdle, and get another one over Kansas City. And especially they probably have their eyes on that number one seed this year. So, you know, potentially knocking the Chiefs down a peg, who are also probably going to be in that conversation uh, towards the end of the year, will be further advantageous. Uh, so... I'm going Buffalo. John's going with Kansas City. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. 
This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Uh, this will be a very interesting this will be a very fun game to watch, hopefully. Hopefully it lives up to the hype. Uh, but if not, we got a great Sunday night game, which I'm sure you will be watching because it is the Philadelphia Eagles at Philly. They are favored by six and a half against Dallas, the Dallas Cowboys, John's Dallas Cowboys, and uh, franchise quarterback Cooper Rush will be starting. Uh, anyways, John, who are you rolling with here? I know... I know you hate the Eagles, or not hate, but I think because, right, or is hate the right word? I hate the Eagles. They're like the one team in the okay. league. Like, <laughs> I feel like every fan has that one team that they're like, if I, I would root for anybody over them, I would root for the Giants over them, I'd root for Washington over them, I would root for literally any team against the Philadelphia Eagles. And uh, yeah, I. I'm going to go with the Eagles to cover here. It might be the pod curse, but also I, I just this is one of the few weeks that like I actually do feel like this could be a pretty tough game for Dallas to actually really compete with because the strength of Dallas so far has been that defensive line and the, how they've been able to wreak havoc. And I, I think it's really going to come down to that. I know that sounds really like simple, but this is the old, you know, unstoppable force meets an immovable object kind of a thing. That, that's what how close this game is. And so I'm I'm banking on the Eagles offensive line, Jalen Hurts being able to control this one. Um so yeah, I'm I'm unfortunately taking them to cover and uh it, hopefully the pod curse strikes again and uh Dallas actually ends up covering and maybe even winning. I will be taking Dallas to cover this game. Um I think Philly still ultimately wins. I think the Philadelphia offensive line will give you know your very dominant Dallas pass rush uh, issues just because they're going to be so well balanced and it's a good offensive line. Obviously, they're probably going to run the ball, you know, have some screens to you know slow down that pass rush and Micah Parsons. And uh, I'm hoping that you know I'm assuming you know Jalen Hurts seems to be a very good leader and such. I'm assuming that he probably looked at last week, especially you know you mentioned his spray chart wasn't great over the middle. Uh, so I'm assuming him and Nick Sirianni are probably going to get in the lab, probably find a few more ways to get the ball down the middle to via play action or whatever. Um, and then on the other side, I'm just not sure, too, that Dallas is going to be able to lean on the run game that they've kind of done and you know play this conservative type, you know, OK, we'll run the ball and then have a few creative pass or play action plays that Coop, we know Cooper can complete. I just don't think they can do that against Philly, especially the run game part. Uh, we know that they have, Philly's got a good front, uh, good D line, good corners too. So I think that they can match up well with uh, you know probably be Gallup and uh, CD out there with uh, Slay and Bradbury. Um. So yeah, I'm just and also sorry. Throw back to the Philadelphia offense. They're usually pretty careful with the ball. So I just you know your your defense has been very a uh, little reliant on turnovers to help the offense out, you know, get the offense a short field or heck just score points themselves <laughs> instead of the offense. I just don't think that those opportunities will uh, be as, you know, available this game because of how Philly is, you know, run dominant and Jalen hurts for the most part takes care of the ball. He really doesn't make that many mistakes. So I think Philly takes care of business at home here. And, uh, but I think Dallas keeps it close. So I'm kind of threading the needle there for that one. Uh, so another difference, just random, got a lot of differences. Random this question: week. Hypothetically, yeah. if Dak Prescott was playing in this game, does this change your pick at all? Obviously, we haven't seen him so far this year, so it's a little tougher. Yeah. But I know for me, if, like I know I didn't really touch on it, but I also do think that like this is a game where Cooper Rush could struggle. Like if Philly was to make him turn the ball I over a couple times, I wouldn't be sure. I would definitely be more confident in my Dallas pick covering. I probably wouldn't be six and a half. Yeah, the line know. would probably be pretty even, to be honest. Yeah, it, it would definitely be more of a coin. It would definitely be a coin. Like right now in my mind, it's not really a coin flip. Mm -hmm. It's more like 60, 40, 70, 30 uh, Philly's way. Right. But you put Dak. If, if, yeah, if you were to tell me a Dak Prescott was starting, you'd be like, ooh, that's like 
60, 40, 50, 50 like right now. Just right. Because def- your defense has been really good. I, and Philly's defense has been okay, but hasn't been great. And we know, especially with Michael Gallup back too, like that Dallas could probably find some opportunities against Philly. But yeah, with Cooper Rush, I just, they haven't really been pushing the ball downfield. Right. I feel like the Philly will probably force them to, and it may not end well. Yeah. Uh, for old Cooper Rush, unfortunately. So, yeah. yeah, I expect his streak to be, his undefeated starting streak to be snapped here. I, um, I hope this doesn't happen because as much as these narratives annoy me, at least it means that we're winning. I think this is going to be the game that all the people who are claiming that Cooper Rush is better than Dak Prescott are going to realize how dumb that comment is because Philly yeah, is quietly realize it and then be like, Oh, well, and then you because know, Cooper oh, Rush has not been playing be from behind. He's been playing with leads. I think Philly yeah. is a, a very good team that they're going to take a lead at some point in this game. And Cooper Rush is going to have to prove himself at that point. So anyway, I will say I am worried because Philly's had a done this. I feel like all year they got, they kind of jump out to a really good lead, like first half, Except for really the Jacksonville game. Even Jacksonville game, they got going in the second quarter. And then, like, second half, they kind of just take their foot off the gas. And then teams kind of get back in. And that's my only worry. But if you had Dak, I would definitely be more worried about that. Cooper Rush, like you mentioned. I'm not just haven't seen him, like you mentioned, play from behind, have to press the issue a bit, you know, maybe force the ball downfield, you know, makes take some risk. I haven't really seen much of that. So, yeah, I am. that's why I'm leaning Philly to win, but Dallas to cover. Uh, but anyways, that's a Sunday night game. Now we go to Monday night, uh, and that is the L.A. Chargers at L.A. playing the Denver Broncos um, in this AFC West showdown. Do you believe in Russ, or are we going with Herbert here, John? I This game feels like surprisingly weird. If this was a... I, I don't know, just like... Normally, this feels like, oh, totally the Chargers. But for some reason, I just got this feeling that, like, Denver with the extra time, maybe Keenan Allen isn't back yet. And so you got Patrick Sertan and that defense going against a Chargers offense that has sort of lacked that deep threat. And Mike Williams doesn't get to be that deep threat uh, because there's no Keenan Allen to do the stuff underneath. I, I don't know. There's, there's just some weird stuff going on here that makes me feel like Denver's going to keep it close. I don't think they're going to win because they have not really been able to consistently put up a lot of points. But I, I feel like the Denver defense, Justin Simmons, coming back this week too, I feel like they're, they're going to make a play or two here that's going to keep it close. So I'm going to go with the Broncos. All right. Well, I'm going with the L Chargers despite Keenan Allen being out. Herbert in this offense have still. I will say he's actually not ruled even. out, but he's he he went but, through individual drills today in practice, so he yeah. might come back. But I don't know. I'm assuming he's going to be out. If he's in, great. Even more of a bonus since I'm going with the Chargers. Um, I mean, they found ways to move the ball. You know, incorporating Eckler more. Everett's gotten involved, and and Gerald Everett, their tight end, has gotten involved a little bit uh, in some games too. Kind of taking that over the middle type stuff and then you mentioned too mike williams has done his share as well uh so i think their offense will be able to move the ball somewhat efficiently uh but the main main reason why i am going to chargers is i just don't have much confidence in this denver offense uh the weakness of the chargers is obviously the run defense but no garrett Bowles, he's out for the rest of the season um and then no javante williams uh, melvin gordon's we know he got the fumbling issue and i'm afraid that could creep up I just don't have confidence that Denver could take advantage of that. And we've already detailed over the struggles of the past game. And especially if Russell, you know, went into LA, had that surgery. I mean, if he's, even if he's not right physically, like this, this, this offense, especially passing away, has just not been right on the same page really for them all year. And I just, I just don't expect them to all of a sudden figure it out against a very good charger secondary too. Um, I just don't think this would be the week they do. Maybe they've, you know, maybe some things start to click a little bit and maybe they find a little bit of rhythm, but I just, I just don't expect it to be enough to to beat the Chargers this week, um, especially at L.A. Uh, maybe it was at Denver, maybe, but, I mean, I thought that last week, but yeah, that obviously didn't happen. And, um, yeah, I mean, the fact that Russ, like, like I said, Russ, that Russ may not be 100% physically, and he just hasn't been 100% on the same page offense-wise, him and Nathaniel Hackett. Uh, 
as much as I criticize Brand Staley and his, you know, f- aggressiveness on fourth down, for the most part, the Chargers have a pretty good plan of attack and they execute it well, as opposed to Denver. They really have not offensively. Although the defense has kind of been the saving grace, which you know, could be here. That's what I am worried about, like cover wise. But I just think I'm just going with the Chargers. I just kind of like with the Thursday night game. I just that's the team I have the most confidence in. I'm like, okay, I know, I know for the most part what I'm going to get out of them. Well, Denver, it's like some of it's still a projection to me, like some of the hopes on offense. And at this at, at week six, I'm not I'm not relying on projections anymore. But could could be proven wrong very easily um but yeah that is the week six picks against the spread had some bye weeks this week we're starting at the bye week so luckily we don't won't be here for uh <laughs> to almost two hours um but yeah one two three four what nine differences this week so uh maybe this is the week that scales finally tip back to john's favor he can cut into the lead or even take the lead with all the games we have differences knowing us it'll be they will come down to the monday night game <laughs> and <laughs> that will be the tipping point it'll just be a one game difference um but yeah um uh, did you want to do any locks of the week or you want to call it there sure let's do it let's uh <laughs> we already mentioned uh what was it was it uh, i actually totally forgot about doing this um yeah, so yeah. let's. I think let's, we mentioned Miami was probably a lock to lose. Well, hey, here's how we're gonna do is it. That Miami? So we're each gonna okay. pick. You can pick up to five if you want. You have to pick one, five. so you don't have to pick multiple. Um, but you yeah, gotta pick I'm at least one. Pick like two. And we're gonna do like a like a like a draft. So you get one, and then I get one. You get one, I get one. There we go. And then next okay. week we'll swap. So then I'll go first, and so yeah. Okay. All right. Well, just remember that next week. That you yeah, I'll remember. I'll remember. So, so, otherwise, I'll just take it. All like right, I said, I'm take, don't have to take uh, multiple. The one I think you only have to take at least one. Yeah. I'm taking... So, for my first one, and I'll throw it to you, I'm taking Atlanta. I just... Uh, I mean, I think San Francisco's a more talented, better coach team at this point. So, I'm going I'm to go Atlanta. I think that was the one I mentioned. That was Wait, so, like so lock. you're locking that, San Francisco to cover? Sorry. Sorry. Locking... I, I got, like, survival. Yes. I'm locking San Francisco okay. for sure, I think... Gun to my head. If someone said we need, yeah, I think I would pick San Francisco as my winner, okay, my champion per se. Oh man, this is tough. I am gonna lock. Man, a lot of my picks. I'm looking at my picks now, and I'm like, <laughs> no, they, oh, I'm gonna lock Minnesota just because Miami with Skyler wow. Thompson. That feel that feels a little rough, and a lot of my other picks, I'm not. I don't. I don't know. That that's the one I feel the most confident. Well, I guess. Well, I mean, okay. I mean, I'm taking the next easiest one. I'm taking Tampa. <laughs> so I went again. Sorry, Pittsburgh, but that one's <laughs> Kenny Pickett's me running around a lot. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, that's a good. That will one. not leave that. I also want. I, you probably can't bet these things, but I would also bet he will not leave that field with a clean jersey. So, yeah. Anyways, uh, oof. I'm gonna get a little, a little risky here. I don't think it's actually that risky. I'm locking Baltimore. I think they're going to crush wow, the Giants. Wow, wow. I think the Giants are going to be exposed for the frauds that they are. And Daniel Jones is going to have wow. like two interceptions or something. Just just be ready. If the if the Giants prevail, just be ready if a certain someone gets into your DMs and starts. Although, who knows if they're still paying attention. But uh, just saying. I'm surprised they didn't jump my DMs. But uh, after the, they beat the Packers. Uh, he, uh, some of our giants representatives he, uh, sorry anyway <laughs> anyways um if i had to pick one more i'm gonna go with the chargers i already kind of alluded to it like i have no confidence i okay no no it's a little tough very little confidence in denver uh riding the ship here this week offensively their defense has been fine offensively is right yeah <laughs> i feel like we've used every word in the book for their offense I I'm gonna stand at two. So if you want to take another one, go for it. But I don't feel any. I don't feel confident. I'm not gonna take another one. I want to take the Rams, but that's still scary. Just because, like I said, that new interim head coach energy can sometimes be real. Yes, that too. Like I'm just afraid that like, yeah, I'm just afraid they don't get the run game going. It is a good Carolina defense, and yeah, that's the only reason I'm not going L.A. Rams. Like that would be though if I had to pick another one, that I would probably do that one. That's the one to have like the next best confidence in. 
But yeah, I'm for sure very confident in San Fran, Tampa Bay, and the Chargers. So um, we'll see what happens there. Uh, but yeah, that was, once again, you know, if you are for some reason betting or for some reason taking our advice, first off, remember, only bet what you can lose. Yep. <laughs> what you can afford to lose. And obviously make sure it's legal because we can't, we don't bet. We can't because it's not, you know, we live in Texas. So uh, anyhow, if you want to catch more of our stuff, whether you're, you know, we have our YouTube, which is our main source, and we're on the road to 1,000 subscribers there. That is Shut Up and Ball. If you want to see John's awesome editing at work there. Also, you want to see more of John's awesome editing uh, via our Instagram. That's at Shut Up and Ball Pod. We have a Twitter and TikTok. That's at Shut Up and Ball. And we are on all podcast streaming platforms if you want to just listen to us or listen to segments. Uh, but anyways, we will be back next week, of course, with the week six reactions and then obviously picks and yeah hopefully uh hopefully our picks lean hopefully it's interesting our picks but like i said i feel like it's going to come down to the monday night game we're going to split it and then that's just what always happens i don't literally not intentional between john and myself it would just be nice to get like one great week but that's why picking games is tough that's why i'm exactly 500 and i've anyways um y'all enjoy your weekend we will see you all next with the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.